You're listening to a Scottish Poetry Library podcast. First they choose the forest with the most trees. Then they bind each tree in strings of brights. Then they bring electricity to the roots, covering the plugs so as not to make fires. Then they drive the fire trucks up. It is winter, you remember. Each red truck shiny as a new toy. Then they unwind the hoses Embrace the soft tubes, and three people at each wheel begin to turn. The first rinse takes some time, a glassy sheathing. The second ices each branch quick, and soon the entire frozen forest glitters and shimmers from within, each bulb encased in ice, a mouth through which the final word of the world is shining out. Light. Light. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Scottish Poetry Library's podcast series. Long-term listeners to the SPL's podcast will already be familiar with the name Jennifer Williams. She was, until last year, my colleague here at the library, although the world knows her better as J.L. Williams, the poet. And as a poet, she has not long since published her third slim volume, After Economy, which is published by Shearsmith. The poem that you heard at the top of the show is the title poem. Now, in May, the Talbot Rice Gallery here in Edinburgh held a launch for After Economy, where Jennifer read poems accompanied by cellist Atsi Muramatsu. It was a brilliant launch, I have to say, the music complementing the words brilliantly, while the acoustics of the hall gave it a, well, I'd describe it as a spectral quality. And you can hear for yourself in a moment, because we're going to play excerpts from that show during this episode. Uh, And there's going to be a short interview with Jennifer in the middle of the show, just to break up the poetry a little. So sit back, enjoy the poetry, and I'll see you on the other side. I feel the sound increasing all around me. Then it breaks off. It's as if someone is beating the giants who live upstairs on top of the mountain. The scene is changing. All the time, it's as if the landscape is changing. I think we may be changing the landscape. It may be that there is a drone. There is a drone. I think I hear a drone.
This is how a drone sees yellow, trembling, in fast-forward, trembling, melting, lava-like, the land is changing. Behind the landscape is a mountain. In front of the mountain is a glowing sled. I mean a glowing harness. I mean a glowing rucksack frame. I mean that before and behind the mountain, there is a landscape which can be perceived. But only by the low flying, whose ears are attuned to silence, only now the internal sounds of the body, a pink portal, a vagina mouth, the opening through which no sound pours. Two ears attached to tent poles. Speak into the ear. That's what he said, but someone forgot to put on the headphones. If only I could stand and whisper these words into the ear, he would hear me as if I was whispering into his ear. There was a time when I was close enough to hear color, to see sound. I remember that in the dream there was a sailing ship. I kept washing up on different beaches. The taste of the sand was always in my nose. The feeling of the salt was always in my ears. I mean the sound of the salt. I mean the heat of the water was my heart. And I was a whale. And all of nature was also all of me. The way rocks hear, the way lichen whisper, the way people millions of years ago scratched their DNA code into a cave wall deep underground, the way a man walks past me, bearded, all in black, carrying a bag, head raised, full of sound. All the body and all the organs of the body and all the wetness below the crust pulsating in time to the stretched drone feather rock. Fast forward lichen, rock pool, feather rock, fast forward civilization. Time was a city there, then a forest, then a city, then a forest, then water, then a village, then ice, then a city, then water. A forest that grows in a circle, then changes to the shape of a liver, then changes to the shape of a heart, then changes to the shape of a diamond. A woman in the center of the forest 
digs a hole a mile deep. Belly sounds, blood sounds, mouth sounds, cell sounds, marrow sounds. When mosses grow, they listen to the blood in the rock flow. Who can live on the blood of the rock? Only the lichen know. Somewhere in the forest, the woman has made a hole two miles deep. She is digging. The pink hole is damp around the edges. In the wooden building at the base of the mountain, a man sits by an extinguished fire. O oh, fire whose scent is the soul of the wood. There in the dark room, the scent of charred wood and smoke circles his bald head. His eyes are closed, but he can see the woman deep in the forest, deep in the hole. He can almost feel her wet lips grazing the furred edge of his ear. The man holds a chipped mug of whiskey. In his hand, a hand hardened by wood. His beard is rough moss. His eyes are stones. The woman says, my heart is a pink hole into which you must come. The mug falls to the ground. The wooden building at the base of the mountain is empty but for the scent of the soul of the wood. Spilt whiskey, sweat of a man. I bore very slowly my head toward the moon's light because my white petals desired some touch beyond word. Only in the white light could my wings open and my face innocent as it was then, near birth, welcomed death with no fear. Or fear was natural in me, as was the stomping of hooves over thick ice and heavy 
snow, while deep in the white, blue, coldest of cold waters, whales swam in moonlit circles and sang their low-pitched, high-pitched harp song. My body left behind no longer troubled me. Do not cry for the day I never saw, the flight through oak leaves was nothing compared to lifting toward your white face. So here I am in a windowless room somewhere in Edinburgh University uh, where I'm talking to Jennifer Williams, J.L. Williams, the poet. Um, Jennifer, I want to talk about the new collection, After Economy. What's the concept behind this new collection? It feels to me that there's more diverse material in it than perhaps in my previous collections. I think I got to this point where I felt very like I remember being at, actually it was at Stanza Poetry Festival, I think it must have been at least a, year, a couple of years ago probably, and talking to my friend the poet Juana Adcock, and we were talking about, I suppose even then, and it's funny considering now what's happened in the intervening time politically in the world, but that it felt like things were falling apart or breaking up, and that I was feeling that I wanted my poetry to or not that I wanted that my poetry had to change somehow that I had to find a, a way to break it or explode it or do something different with it to try to respond to this feeling I had that things were going a bit crazy and that I couldn't just keep doing things the way I had in the past so I feel like that was something I'd been thinking about many years ago I read about nanotechnology and I think it was before I think it's probably come on a lot scientifically in terms of what's realistically being done with nanotechnology now However, at the time I read about it, it wasn't in a science fiction context, but it sounded quite science fiction. But one of the things that was being theorized was the idea that nanotechnology might be one of the only ways that we could really erase the economy that human beings have had in one form or another since there were human beings in the world and find a new economy or a new way of making and being in the world and it was because of this idea which again I'm not sure realistically or scientifically has been realized or will be realized anytime soon or ever but it was this idea that through nanotechnology we may get to the point where we can make without having to make from another resource so at the moment every time we make something we have to have something to make it out of mm -hmm. when it's a physical object for instance um, but it was this idea, and I don't remember the specific scientific details of this, but that nanos could somehow get to a point where they could kind of make things from nothing, and that this would essentially change the way economy has always been in the world, which is that you know, all our stuff is based on having stuff, which you then make stuff out of or trade with someone else for other stuff. This would change that. So from the very first time I 
heard that idea, I thought it was quite frightening and quite exciting because it suggests the possibility of stepping totally outside of a framework that as human beings we've always been within one way or another from the very earliest times when we were throwing bananas at each other or whatever we were doing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago. This idea of what happens after economy as we know it became very interesting to me. There's a kind of apocalyptic vision of that or a dystopian version of that where um, which I think sometimes is being touched on in the world we live in now, where robots enacted, take... Enacted, enacted. <laughs> robots... Not, not touched upon, enacted. <laughs> robots take over all the jobs, and society doesn't respond in a way that supports the people who no longer have jobs, and terrible apocalyptic scenarios ensue. Or perhaps a more utopian vision is a wonderful world where... We're no longer struggling as much as we have been. People don't have to work so much. They can spend their time enjoying the beautiful gift that life is and reading, writing poetry, making art, exercising, enjoying the beauties of nature. That would be the utopian version. I think for me, the reason why After Economy seemed like an exciting title and matched with, I think, a lot of the ideas and themes I've been exploring, both in terms of the content and the form of the poetry, is how do we get to a place where we can think about the wild times we're living in that is a little bit more, perhaps, objective rather than subjective? How how can I write in a way that allows me to ask questions about this and think about it without being personally judgmental, um, that provokes questions rather than trying to control answers, um, and which really thinks about what happens after economy. Is there devastation or is there bounty? Is there is there something beautiful and joyful we can still strive towards even in the midst of cacophony and catastrophe? If you're coming to Edinburgh this August, there will be a number of ways that people can see you read. Yes, uh, I'm delighted. Uh, It's really a dream come true uh, to be reading at the book festival. I have um, been able to chair many events at the book festival um, thanks to the work um, I used to do at the Scottish Poetry Library and I uh, was part of a a wonderful exchange project uh, a couple of years ago that um, with a number of Canadian poets that allowed me to um, do reading as part of that project at the book festival but this is my first proper have a book of my own and getting to present that at the book festival event so that's super exciting that's on the 15th of August at 3.30 and I'm very honoured because it's with the wonderful poet Rachel Boast who is super brilliant so it's it'll be really extraordinary to get the chance to share a stage with her and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and also I've been asked to be part of another project uh, my dear friend Giannis, um, who works at the book festival, had asked me, um, he, he said that they were interested in doing a kind of series of live writing residencies based on that same sort of idea. Um, so we talked about that a bit. And uh, so it's happening. So during, um, I think it's basically like the final week of the book festival, my day is the 23rd and it's from 11 to 2. But I think for five days each day that week, um, in one of the, I think it's called the, maybe it's like the greenhouse 
tent. It's one of the new tents that'll be on George Street. Um, a writer each day will be writing live from 11 to 2 and there'll be all, all sorts of ways to engage with that so you can literally come into the tent and see the writer writing and I think it'll be projected onto a big screen and I think there will be ways where you can basically feed in some uh, contribute a little bit or provoke the writer and they'll have to respond to that um, and what I'm hoping what we originally talked about is that there will also be ways for anyone anywhere in the world to link into those writing residencies and again contribute or trigger the writer to respond in some way so uh, have a look at the Edinburgh International Book Festival website for more details about those. I'll also be just in case you are around um, reading at uh, it'll be a bit of a smaller event but I think really lovely um, it's a there are a couple second space readings going on and uh, those will be at the safari lounge and i'll be reading at one on the 26th of august so um, google second space poetry if you're interested in that this is the second to last poem and it's called bounty and i'd like to dedicate it to all of you bounty his wet skin, his five dark horses, his antelope horns, his long thighs, his lips. There is a bruise above his breast beneath which beats the bronze drum of Tantalus. Married to the daughter of a river god, how could he ever hold her? Body rushing through fingers, himself neither one thing nor always just out of. In Argos they stroke his bones, he whose soul is that of a man's, whose body is that of a god's, resides where his mother made him, deep in the bowels of the earth where rubies and diamonds bloom. Shaman, he fed his son to the earth, and the earth in her sorrow ate him, and thus he must be buried, and must we all be buried, become like jewels, become bounty. Nobody cries enough to mourn for us. My father, when he was still in life, that reminds me now, if my father, the mystery of my father, the mystery of the earth opening all her mouths for us, opening her womb of fire to embrace us, 
Bella, Leora, Inez, Isaiah, Jacob, Jonah, Nicodemus, Noah, Moses, Menelaus, the mystery of the earth opening her soiled legs. Ezra, Indigo, Isaac, Ondine, Aria, Lana, Mabel, Mabel. The mystery of the earth throwing seeds to the wind. Jupiter, Juniper, Yarrow, Mother, Betrayal, Religion, Sister, Father, Love. If we talked about death more, maybe we would slow down. Finally had some idea between the translucent buildings, plastic as in my dreams, pale pink, pale blue, pale yellow. If you dance with her, take pleasure. It doesn't mean you have power. It doesn't mean you can have anything. It might mean she has power. If spirits are memories anyway, of course there are ghosts. Imperfect, worthy of love. I am no I. I am not like or as. Her work is never finished and her clock is never fixed. She says, oh yes, oh yes, someday I'll find the time. The horses pulling the fire truck, the cardinals, the pomegranate beads cupped in the palm of his hand. What was lost is lost. It's a new state of being. Moss with jeweled beetles, fulgent black bottles, forest, earth, blood. White lamps or candle wicks, smudged black ends, brimstone and smoke, match lit and going out, dusty ink on your skin, portraits of saints, scenes of crucifixion. The night we climbed the mountain, stone stairs a thousand years old, only the moon to light the cacti and their thorns, the silver globes of pomegranates, the silver globes of oranges, 
the tiny silver globes of olives on their branches, the silver leaves of the olive trees trembling in our wake, and then no moon and only your voice and our breath and the heat of the stone pulling us up between the breasts of the mountain. The night we stood on the rooftop and the air was liquid silver and the silver dripped from our lips onto the belly of the sea. When I walked through the mirror and found you as a child holding an acorn to the light as if to see the life inside. When sound decays, it becomes a new kind of sound. You on the horizon, floating on the water, a lotus flower rising from your head. Four notes. One from the west, one from the north, one from the east, one from the south. You are in the center. I am in the center of sound. It won't last long. But someday, someone will start to play again. Sometimes I feel a breath, a hand trailing its fingers in the silver water. So that's that for another edition of the Scottish Poetry Library podcast series. You have been listening to Jennifer Williams reading from her collection After Economy, accompanied by cellist Atsi Muramatsu. After Economy is published by Shearsmith and is available, well it's available from many places, but it's also available from the SPL shop. So if you're in Edinburgh and you want to buy a copy, pop in, or otherwise you can order online from our website. I'd like to thank Jennifer and Nancy for taking part in this podcast, and of course I'd like to thank you for listening. And while I'm making my thanks, let me also express my gratitude to Will Campbell, who wrote and performed the SPL podcast theme that tops and tails the show. So, uh, a final word on social media. We do it. The SPL does it. Uh, we have uh, a Twitter account. At by Leaves Who Live is our Twitter tag. Um, we do Facebook. Facebook, uh, just type in our, our name. No doubt it'll pop up on the Facebook search engine. 
I think it's SPL Scotland, which I also think is our Instagram handle. Uh, yes, we do do Instagram. So if you like pictures of poets, poems, uh, the new titles in our collection, and occasionally when I come across an eccentric or amusing looking older book, I stick up a picture of that as well. So yes, uh, to repeat, we do Instagram, and I think the tag handle, however you want to slice that, it's SPL Scotland. So um, I have been Colin Waters, your host, and I'm going to sign off now with one last poem from J.L. Williams. One half is night. Some days it is harder to fathom the loss of light, and words come as peacocks do to water. Nothing restrains night but day. Nothing holds against obliqueness but this clear heart, a burst bulb working its love like a strung-out whore. Callimachus, counter of volumes, your patience reminds the legions that hope matters, precision, the strength to mark one's own clock as it is stopping. Graffiti paints over the prophecy. The sun's red smear of lips gives up a sprayed-on glimpse of last night's promise. I'll remember, I'll remember each lit thing. for downloading this Scottish Poetry Library podcast. For further information about the Scottish Poetry Library, visit our website at www.scottishpoetrylibrary.org.uk, follow us on Twitter at By Leaves We Live, and find us on Facebook.